everyone, and welcome to His Health, the show where we'll be tackling the health issues that are most important to men. I'm your host, Rick Malambri, and we're going inside the topics that men of all ages need to know and taking you out of the comfort zone when it comes to those health issues that men don't normally like to discuss. So let's get started. Hi, I'm your host, Nate Goins. I'm a clinical psychologist with Providence in Oregon. Uh, just as a reminder, the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only. If you have any questions regarding medical conditions or treatment plans, please consult with your physician. This live broadcast will cover subject matter that could be difficult for some to hear. For anyone struggling with feelings, help numbers will be provided. All right, so joining me today is Josh Cutler, a licensed clinical social worker with Swedish and NFL defensive end Oa Egizua. I'm sorry, Oa. Today we are celebrating Mental Health Action Day. Uh, Providence and Work To Be Well have teamed up with MTV and 1,300 other businesses to take action around mental health. Um, let's begin. So generally speaking, why is it important to talk about mental health? Is this a question for anybody? Anyone who wants to talk, yeah. Um, it's important to talk about mental health, in my opinion, because a lot of people deal with it and it's, uh, very much a part of our life, whether we, some people want to acknowledge it or not, it's something that has been around for a long time, um, if not forever. And I think talking about it is, is the, is a step in the right direction to getting the help that you need. So, um, I think those are the reasons that it needs to be talked about. And I would say, especially for men, I appreciate you guys having this conversation with me today. It's not something men often grow up with models or um, peers that are routinely have these conversations about mental health. Mm -hmm. There's a, a lot of stigma and um, and that is then reflected in the really high suicide rates that we see for men and um, how much shame there is for reaching out for help. So um, I'm really passionate about destigmatizing uh, mental health care for everyone, uh, but particularly men, uh, because there's a lot of guys suffering silently with these issues and these they need to be discussed. They impact all of our families, all of our communities. Um, no one is immune from being touched in some way, even if you personally don't have a mental health condition. Yeah. Josh, you were starting to speak to this, but um, oh, I, I'm curious what you think too. Like, why is it important for men in particular to talk about mental health? Um, I think it's important for men to talk about mental health. Kind of like I said earlier, it's a, it's a lot of people deal with it. Um, I know men, I know for myself, it was, I didn't really have a lot of information at the time. Um, when I was dealing with it, but I mean, I eventually got the help I need, but it took me a while to recognize what I was going through um, mm -hmm. in order to really get the help that I needed. And it could be the same for men and probably that's probably the reason why um, they don't get the help right away is because there's a lack of education on what they're actually dealing with, you know? And then there's that kind of, societal norm where men don't usually talk about their feelings. And I think that's really a bad way to look at things because we all have feelings, you know, and I really believe men 
need to be more communicative or communicate more um, on their feelings. You know, you can't, you, it, it doesn't make sense to bottle things in. And with your mental health, it makes, it really makes no sense to just keep things in. But I think that's the reason why men usually don't talk about their mental health is just the lack of education and just kind of like the stigma around not talking about your feelings in general. Yeah. What was it like uh, in your home growing up? Was mental health talked about or not so much? Um, growing up, we just didn't know completely what we uh, we kind of had an idea of it because, you know, I had a my father uh, was is diagnosed with schizophrenia. And um, we, I would didn't really know what that entailed because I didn't deal with mental health issues up until I was 25 years old. So mm-hmm. all up until then, I I, I kind of knew about uh, mental health, but I didn't know really until I experienced it myself what it really um, entailed. But we grew up in a household where we were free to talk about what's going on, and mm-hmm. uh, we. We had that. We had to. Com- we were comfortable in that space, but we just didn't know much until it. We knew we had a better idea of what was going on once I was going through it, and I think that's where the education process came in because I was talking to my family a lot about it. Yeah. What about you, Josh? Uh, well, I, I have uh, something in common. Um, I have a family member with schizoaffective disorder and um, that it's my younger brother actually. And that started to show up in his late teens um, and early twenties. And I think that was the first time I came in contact with really serious mental illness. Um, I I think I did have the benefit of being raised by a single single mother who, you know, encouraged us to talk about our emotions and um, therapy wasn't necessarily a stigmatized thing. I think I was sent to therapy um, after my parents got divorced and uh, I I, I don't think I said anything to the poor guy, (laughs) Um, but I appreciated that. It's like, okay, well, I can imagine what it's like to be in a room with somebody so that then later in college when I uh, had some struggles with the depression, um, I was more open to seeking help because I knew what that would look like. Um, and so, um, so, but I talk with a lot of people who they've never had an experience uh, with the mental health system before, or when they did, it was really negative and having to unwind that a little bit and um, kind of reset and to show people that, hey, reaching out for help um, doesn't mean that you're going to just be labeled as disabled forever and um, thrown on a bunch of medications that aren't going to help. We really want to figure out what the appropriate diagnosis is and a treatment plan that's going to work, which sometimes includes medication. But the point is to help your life get moving again, not just to have you continue to live in this mental health fog forever. And um, and being on the other side of that recovery personally and also um, walking that path with so many people professionally now, um, it's it's really awesome. And it's something we don't often talk about. There's so many people that are quite successful in our society that um, have overcome serious mental health issues that maybe they've, other people would talk about overcoming cancer or any number of other things. And the occasional actor or something you'll 
know that they have bipolar disorder, but for the most part, um, it's not really talked about. We just sort of see the sick um, homeless people on the street that have untreated mental illnesses. Those are the people in our society dealing with this stuff and everybody else um, isn't. So it's so important that we're having these conversations. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, asking you, what does it mean to you when you hear terms like man up? Uh, like how do terms like that uh, hurt people who are going through things that are traumatic or are dealing with mental illness? Um, when I hear the word man up, um, it just, to me, when I think of people dealing with mental health, it kind of shows that you don't care and you don't understand what people are going through. And that could be very hurtful for people dealing with mental health when they feel like you don't care. That to be the most hurtful. You might you might be okay with okay. I don't necessarily he doesn't he or she doesn't necessarily understand what I'm going through. But when you say stuff like "man up," it's like you don't care what I'm going through. You just expect me to just magically overcome this situation that is seems impossible. So. Um, I know, you know, man up, the, um, you know, when people, there's, there's certain situations where, you know, okay, you know, and I was an athlete, so there's plenty of situations where you have to quote unquote man up, you know, in competition and whatnot. But when it comes to things that you, that are out of your control completely and you need actual, you need help and having the right uh, family support and social support and just community support is important. Like, man up is not something you want to tell people dealing with mental health at all. It's, mm -hmm. it's very hurtful. And speaking about that support that people need, you know, you being diagnosed with depression and having spent multiple years in the NFL, do you feel like you had the support you needed to take care of yourself in those difficulties? Um, when I was dealing with it, because it first hit me when I was in, when I first got into the NFL, you know, I was dealing with injuries. I was dealing with just, wrong crowd type of thing, wrong relationship type of thing, just a bunch of things. But I really didn't know what I was, what it was. I had no clue what it was. I was just pushing through it, quote unquote, manning up, um, just dealing with a bunch of disappointment after disappointment and my, you know, just feeling just sad deep down inside. I felt like really sad because things weren't, wasn't coming to fruition the way I envisioned it. So it wasn't until going into my third year where I was overwhelmed with just stress, emotions, frustrations, just everything over the years that I actually went to go seek help for another condition that I have, um, ADD. Um, but it wasn't like, it wasn't, it didn't, it, I didn't get to the root of what I'm dealing with for additional for an additional three years so it was like from 2015 to about 2019 i was dealing with this depression and it got to the point towards the end of 2019 i was like i have to, it must be depression like i don't know what the heck to call it it has to be depression because my brain is all foggy i don't feel good i have no energy um so make a long story short, I, I there was resources. If I had known what it was, there was resources available to help me. I just didn't know until it was way later. And then I got finally got the help I need. And that's when things started to finally 
feel like it's stabilizing and uh, getting better. Yeah. Even though it was there, you not knowing about it or knowing how to label what you're going through meant that it didn't really show up for you for such a long mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Josh, I'm wondering what effects come from a father not opening up or from suppressing his feelings? Uh, what, what are the effects that, that those sorts of things can have on their, uh, their children? Uh, that's a really important question, um, Nate. Uh, in my work with fathers, I used to do actually more work with kids before I was a father, and now I have uh, two young kids, um, girls. And um, I think it's really important as a father to um, show that full range of emotion uh, and not necessarily just um, happy, happy and um, pissed off dad. <laughs> I think there's a version of that that, um, that we all know. And, um, and the um, suppressing of emotions can really cause lots of issues in uh, relationships, whether it's patterns of avoidance uh, or, you know, at one end or abuse, certainly at, at another end. Um, there's um, times when, when there's just men are feeling these strong emotions and we, we deal with them in some way and um, irritability for one um, is a, an emotion that's almost more acceptable for men than being sensitive um, or, or crying or something. Um, but irritability is also a symptom of depression <laughs> and can be a sign that something's really not going well. It's not just that you're a jerk or you're mad or you're mean. And so that's something that, um, I, I try to pay attention to with my patients and with myself of like, well, what's going on? Why am I so pissed off? Um, and anger is a totally valid emotion and male anger especially has a place in this world. There are a lot of things to be really angry about. Um, and to be able to model for your children appropriate uses of passion and, um, and anger and emotion and um, to show emotion when someone you care about dies, for example. I mean, our kids are really looking to us. They're copying us all the time of just how to behave in the world. And so to be able to show them what healthy grieving looks like, um, what, um, you know, I think my kids hear me say certain words in the car when I'm driving that I feel like, okay, you know, this is how you talk in traffic. Maybe that's okay a little bit, but, um, but not necessarily in other mixed company. Um, and, and so finding ways to just show appropriate um, emotional responses is just so important uh, in modeling that in all of our relationships. And I think that's been particularly hard this last year since we haven't had a broader range of relationships to be connected to, but also we're very connected <laughs> as a little family at home. And, um, and I found that um, it's been a very emotional time and to be paying attention to those and tending those is so important. Yeah. Um, I mean, you spoke to this a bit in there, but specifically, you know, for fathers, when they're trying to work on bridging that gap uh, and being able to talk about their mental health, um, what are those things that we could be doing, the men out there could be doing to model that different sort of approach, like specific sort of things? Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, so I think, um, for one, having opportunities to talk about it, even if you don't want to 
display a lot of emotion in front of your kid, <clears throat> that might be difficult, but um, kids are paying attention. They know what's up. <laughs> um, and, and so rather than just pretending everything's okay all the time, taking the time to, you know, at a developmentally appropriate level, taking the time to just talk with them about, um, like for example, yesterday, I um, found out that a dear family friend of uh, ours died by suicide. He was a close friend of my mom's and I was holding my four-year-old daughter and she could tell we were upset. And she said, what are you talking about? Who's this? And, and I had to put it in some language that she could understand of this person died and they were important to us and she could see it was important to me. Um, and that her grandma was really upset and um but be able to model this is what it looks like to you know respond to these feelings that that come up um so i think that that modeling is just so important yeah now speaking of you know dying from suicide we know that men are like three times as likely to die from suicide as women um, why do you think it is that men are so much more susceptible to dying from suicide? Either of you, Oa or Josh? Um, I would say that uh, maybe they, perhaps there's a, there's just, there's not as much encouragement to, to communicate your feelings. And so there's, a sense of just bottling up your emotions for a long time, especially when it comes to depression. Like I have, like I deal with it. I know some friends who are dealing with it right now. And the number one thing I tell them is just to make sure you, you feel comfortable talking about it, you know, um, make sure you one take ownership of it. Like don't run from it, you know, just accept your feelings for what it is and be just acknowledge it and be truthful about it and then communicate, get the help, confide in somebody, you know, don't feel like you got to keep it all to yourself. And so I think that's the main reason why men are more likely to commit suicide than women is because there's more in general, women are, there's a, there's more of a safe space. There's more grace, if you will, for them to to speak on their emotions and whatnot. But when it comes to men, it's like, you don't have time to necessarily do that. You know, you gotta provide, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. Not to say women don't do that, but um, men just, it, it's just, a, it's kind of the trend to not really talk about your feelings. And so you, you, have, you feel like there's nobody to turn to. And when it gets too late, Unfortunately, people take their life. And so I think trying to avoid all of that is very, very important. But that's that's why I think men are more likely to commit suicide. And I, I know an important piece is access to guns. Men have more access to lethal means. Um, women actually um, attempt at a higher rate than men, uh, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, men have greater access to guns. For example, veteran suicide. These are folks that are trained in the use of firearms. Um, it, it, veteran suicide is a huge concern. And um, and I think all the reasons uh, Oa mentioned, I mean, this this culture of silence around emotions and just 
shutting down and it's not okay to talk about these things. It's not okay. You know, I got to just man up. And, um, and that just really closes your, um, like lens of opportunities. Like you're, you're just not able to see what else is out there. You're, you just have been told over and over, it's not okay to ask for help and be suspicious of, uh, potentially mental health professionals and, um, that it, then somehow becomes more acceptable to die than to go through the embarrassment of saying, I need help. I'm, I'm struggling. And, and that's something that um, we really need to shift in our culture to make it okay to have that awkward. It's uncomfortable. It's awkward. <laughs> it never feels good. Uh, but to have that be something that um, is encouraged um, rather than um, this, basically this culture of silence that fosters uh, all these guys dying by suicide. It's tragic. Yeah. Oh, uh, hopping back to your experiences in the NFL. Um, what are your thoughts around physical head injuries and mental health? Do you think there's a correlation there? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, there's, there's really no way to get around that. There's, you're more likely to have um, mental health issues later on in life, if you get hit numerous times in the head, is it's just that's just facts, you know. Um, and so, I I mean I don't necessarily research it all the time to to give you specific data, but it's just common sense. It's like your head is the is your head is what you know, what's the word, uh, governs everything in your, in your body, your bodily movement, how you think, how you feel. And if you, if you, it's not really meant to be hit and traumatized and the way football is set up, that's, uh, what is likely to happen. You know, there's a lot of guys that, uh, end up having, uh, mental health issues. I don't know if you guys have seen concussion, the movie, with Will Smith talks and guys, I mean, some people do commit suicide later on in life because they didn't get the help that they needed because they've been hit in the head so many times. I know, I remember when uh, one of my teammates in college was, he, he was, he was going through a numerous amount of concussions. And he, you, I remember him talking about not being able to control his emotions. He'll just start crying from you know, what, what he seen, what he says is no for no reason. But and then I also realized that at the time I didn't realize how serious it was what he was going through because I've never had a concussion really. So I didn't, and plus I wasn't dealing with any mental health issue. I didn't realize how what he was going through, and I was a guy who was just like pushed through things, you know, mm -hmm. just just try and push through things as much as you can at the time. Cause it's, I was very young and I'm playing football, so it is what it is, but um, yeah, he was dealing with a lot. And now I look back on it. I'm like, man, if he had, if I, if he had somebody to talk to and he didn't feel so like isolated and by himself and all this stuff, I mean, he probably would have been, I, I know he's doing a lot better now, but um he probably would have been doing really well back then. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's definitely a correlation. There's there's no doubt about that in my mind. Yeah. Oh, how do you go about taking care of your own mental health, particularly when you're dealing with those times of feeling more depressed? 
Um, I do a lot of communication with my family. Um, I see, I talk to therapists. Um, I, I have a primary care provider who I, uh, who I get medications from as well as, uh, uh, um, behavioral, um, health services. So I do a number of things. I mean, I, you know, I, I work through my, I always try to get to the root of what I'm going through and why I'm going through it. I talk to my family about it, talk to my friends about it. I'm pretty open with the right people about it. Just so I don't feel like that's part of my strategy of not feeling like I'm dealing with it by myself. It's like, I'm going to talk to the next person. You're going to know exactly what's on my mind. And I'm not keeping this to myself because it's, 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 I tried that for a long time and it just, wasn't it wasn't effective so that's how i go about it um i i'm religious about my medications i take it every day i don't even think i don't i'm like i'm not gonna be the one to think right now that and it's okay like some people do need medications it's i think it's perfectly fine like if you if you get the right medications get the right therapy it can be very useful. So for me, I've, I'm living proof of that right now. And I have some days where it's more, it's harder than others, but I try to be as consistent as possible. Um, I know that just, uh, just being very conscious of what it is you're going through and being as still as possible, just calm, reason through it, talk, encouragement, medications, all these things are a number of th ways that can really help you. And that's what's helping me so far. Yeah. I was really hearing that, you know, just the importance of being open about it. Um, mm -hmm. being such a huge piece. Um, Josh, where can someone start when it comes to taking care of their mental health? Well, um, oh, you so eloquently laid out what is so much more than a treatment plan. It's just like your life and it's working. Um, and after what I imagine are a lot of really dark times that got you to really um, be clear of, I need to have all these things lined up if my life is gonna be going well. And so um, certainly, you know, if you have close connections with friends and family, not everybody has that, but letting people in on what you're going through, having a couple of, it doesn't need to be a huge circle. Not everybody needs to know. You don't necessarily need to announce it on social media, but if you have a couple of close friends or family members, even one person that you can just let in on, Hey, this is what's going on for me. I'm really struggling. I'm thinking about getting help. Do you have any thoughts about this? Many of us at this point maybe have a friend that we know have gone through some of these things. I think having a primary care doctor, um, I worked in primary care for a couple of years, and I know that's where you work, Dr. Goins. Um, and um, having a primary care doctor that you can see for all of your healthcare needs, including um, mental health stuff. I think before I worked in primary care, I didn't realize how much uh, mental health, uh, like depression, anxiety, and other issues that mental that primary care doctors uh, treat, and they're they're very comfortable with talking with their patients about that some at varying levels, but they can also help with referral or medication or, you know, other things that um, helping you sort out. That's really the great 
a great first stop and we've got um, a lot of behavioral health specialists in our primary care clinics across Providence. And so we're really trying to you know, bolster those services um, and, and also their specialty mental health, whether that's psychiatry or a therapist, um, which I know at times can be hard to find and that can be a little bit hard to navigate, but um, you've made it this far. I mean, for you to get through, you know, to play the level of college ball that you played and then in the NFL, like that's not a simple path. And so you're, you're resilient to being able to call on some of that resilience to navigate the, the mental health system a little bit. Um, and, and just having some partners in that, whether it's a primary care doctor or a family friend, um, can be really helpful because when you're trying to navigate that, when you're also not doing well emotionally and your brain's not working very well, it's good to have somebody that can help you that's a little clearer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as we move towards the end here, just very, very briefly, why is it important that we keep having this conversation about mental health and men? Um, I'll say it's important because we, we, we haven't reached a place in society quite yet where it's, it's very underst well understood. Um, not a, it's not like the whole population is dealing with it, but there's a good number of people dealing with it, but there needs to be more of a awareness of what's going on, there needs to be more conversation being had. Um, just there needs to be a general. I, I think society needs. There needs to be a general sense of like compassion for people in general, so people can feel that they can they can have that conversation without being judged. Um, so I think that's how you definitely keep the conversation alive, um, so that people can feel feel comfortable and then people tend to forget a little bit you know when you you talk about because it's an ongoing thing you got to always mm -hmm. it's a like sometimes it's a lifelong process you got to always talk about it or you might forget and slip back to your old habits or people forget and they they fail to realize how important it is so i think those are the reasons why we keep that conversation going yeah well Thank you to Josh and to Oa both for joining us today, to, uh, to everyone for listening and sending in your questions. If you're looking for help with your mental health or looking for any other medical advice, please visit providence.org. For mental health resources, go to worktobewell.org. And make sure to follow Providence on social media at uh, Providence at Twitter and under Providence Health Systems on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys.